0: When that kid is 32, there's another amount of money that's available for the kid to take additional funds out. Oh. Now, the kid continues to fund until age 65, 66. And then we have what's called a lifetime income benefit rider, which allows the kid to take an additional lifetime income for the rest of their life of some set number forever. Holy so not crap. only did we pay for it, <laughs> Right. So, so, so you see where I'm going. Right. So what's, what's even better is now you have retirement income. When that child passes away, they also leave money to their beneficiary, so they've also created generational wealth. Bro. So so that's that's just to close out that topic, okay? That, that's the now, whole podcast
1: right there. Holy crap. <laughs> okay. You are now listening to the Your First Steps podcast. It's great to talk about million-dollar dreams, but where do we start? How do we get there? Listen up as you hear directly from real estate industry leaders on how they reached success in their fields. And most importantly, what were their first steps? Let's get this party started. Here's your host, Eli, the real estate guy. Hey, how's it going guys? Thank y'all so much for tuning into another episode of the Your First Steps podcast. Uh, I am super excited uh, to have our special guest on today and I'm sure you guys have heard of life insurance policies being uh, an investment vehicle as well um, I got to meet this gentleman at a mastermind and it was it was amazing uh, he definitely dropped some great knowledge and I'm excited for him to uh, really bring you guys some more information so uh, today we have Dimitri Mills Jr. Dimitri how you doing today man?
0: I'm doing fantastic man. Thank you for having
1: me. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. thank you, man. So, uh well, first uh, like like I was saying, uh we uh, we met at um in person at the mastermind that was here uh in Houston. Uh and what was crazy is the night before I was actually uh, watching a video of uh I think it was called a, a Index Universal Life. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, so yes, Index it is. Universal uh, IUL. Life. Yeah, yeah. I U L uh, policies and that's the first time I kind of heard about it. I heard about people saying um you know uh the uh what, what's the term i that to say infinite banking. you know i hear people talk yes. about that but uh when i when i saw him i'm like man i got a question about infinite baking at iu so he's like oh I, i'm gonna you know drop some knowledge today i'm like oh my gosh perfect <laughs> like this is this is amazing so that that's how uh, we met but of course uh, we met through uh you know otis james as well through uh the programs and everything that he has but Uh, Before we get into all that, uh, for the people that don't know who you are, go ahead and introduce yourself. Let them know who you are and some of the things that you've done.
0: Sounds good. Hi, my name is Demetri Mills. As I mentioned, I currently live in California and or out of my suitcase (laughs) because I've been literally cross country for the last two and a half years. I miss COVID. I miss Black Lives Matter. I miss the elections because I was just literally traveling in other countries because I live a free life because I'm part of the fire movement. Financial independence, retire early which is one of the other concepts I love to teach people. Um, I'm currently in Columbia, uh, Latin America, doing this, bro- this broadcast. Nice. Um, I've been working with, he mentioned Otis James, I've been working with Otis James for about a year and a half. And I've, I grew up with Otis and we've just been on a quest to enrich our communities in not only financial education, but also in just investing in real estate, business development and a bunch of other things. Um, I just turned fifty years old. Nice. Been awesome. semi-retired for about four years, and I have a sister's two year, uh, two years younger than me, a seven-year-old niece. I live with my mom. My mom lives with me when I'm home. <laughs> uh, but literally, I've been gone since January in in just an overnight bag. So I, nice. I, I, I'm happy to get home in two weeks. But really, that's me. I, I have a good heart. I live my life for it. I like to make a difference in people and everywhere across the world. And and that's me, Dimitri Mills. Awesome, awesome, cool.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that, man. And so the the FIRE movement, uh, and I heard you talk about that before. So explain uh, what that is, what, what the origins of that is, and how did you become a part of that?
0: Sure, so it stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. A lot of my clients come to me and say, Dimitri, what does retirement mean? What does it mean to be wealthy? How much money do I need? And I tell them it's all relative. It depends on the lifestyle you want to live. Depends on what you. So here's there's a there's a, a couple of things that people don't think about. They only think about making money, making money, making money, making money. What happens when they're unable to make money? What does that do to your retirement? Mm-hmm. Right. What about the raising co- or, or increasing cost in healthcare? People don't often consider that mm-hmm. they consider that there's an income stream that depends on themselves. Okay. Gotcha. so when I say I'm financially independent, it means that I have enough things in process to satisfy my lifestyle and X X percent uh, X times income replacement, meaning if I stopped working. Well, I'm not working, but if I had to stop working and I have to start consuming, uh, how long would I be able to live without having to knock on my next door neighbor for some money? Gotcha. Gotcha. (laughs) Gotcha. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Go ahead fantastic and i mean the other thing too is when you look at financial independence you also want to look at your lineage and who, who do you want to hand that down to i retired my mom last year so she's part of my fire movement not nice. only am i retired now she is as well my goal is to do my sister in two years so that would Very be nice. now the whole family settled right
1: gotcha gotcha so so what so when you uh i know you've 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 heard about it. where did you hear about this concept from or was it just something that You already knew, but now there's a name to it, basically. So, where did you, what inspired that?
0: Well, so I live in Silicon Valley and I always hear these people retiring early, but they often retire early because they had some large payout, they had wealthy parents, or they just, you know, made some really good choice Uh that gave them the financial income to retire. You know, and what's funny, I'm going to answer your question, but what's funny, sometimes I ask my clients, hey, if I gave you a million dollars, what would you do with it? And they say, oh, I'll buy this. I'll do this for my mom. I'll do this. And I said, guess what you're going to do tomorrow? They say, what, Demetrius? I said, you're going back to work. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, real. And, and, that is real. That, right? Mm-hmm. And they look at me and they're like, wait, I'm like, exactly. So <laughs> so when I look at this and this concept, I didn't think it was possible. I didn't think it was possible for me because I had bills. I had debt. I was working 24 hours a day. Um, In my past, my past life was in operations and supply chain. So I was working in multiple countries, um, dealing with different time zones. So it was very difficult to have what I call my life. My life was dedicated to everyone else. So I I couldn't have relationships. I couldn't spend time with my family because I was either on an airplane or on a conference call. Right. So when you look at you exchanging time for money, what does that do for you as a person and your quality of life? Right. So at one point I just kind of got fed up with that, and I, you know, I'm, I'm highly educated. I have a master's degree from Pepperdine University. I'm well spoken, well dressed, and I just couldn't understand why I wasn't getting ahead. So then that's when I started looking at what other people were doing to achieve financial freedom and create additional income streams or passive income.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. And that's and that's when I started my quest. Go ahead. Gotcha. Yeah. And so uh, as far as you starting your well, first kind of going back to supply chain. Um, I guess we'll, we'll start kind of uh, all the way back, just kind of uh, going from the beginning and how things led up to that point. Uh, and so let's let's uh, start back off from when you were a kid, you know, growing up uh, in the, the Mills you know household. What, what was that like? Uh, and was there always an influence of insurance investment then? Or was it a you know, you kind of lived you know, a regular life? And you're kind of used to seeing, you know, you know, nine to five
0: paycheck to paycheck life or you know, like I- explain what that that life looked like for you uh, as a kid. Sure, sure. So we had a normal nuclear family. It was my mom, my my sister and my dad. Uh, we grew up in Chicago, Illinois, in the south side, 38th and Rhodes, Ida B. Well, so a very the it was a housing project. It was so bad. We had a police department on the on the complex. Oh, uh-huh. so. It was pretty bad. We, Me and my sister lived in a drawer, like the dresser drawer. Mm. I slept on the top drawer and she slept on the really? bottom Really? So we, really? We grew up very, very poor. Gotcha. Um, now, my parents worked multiple jobs, so I grew up seeing them not very present in the house because they were exchanging the time with their, their kids for work to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. So I remember that very, very well. Okay. Um, so as we grew up, things kind of got better, and then we migrated from living in the projects we moved to the suburbs Uh, when we moved to the suburbs obviously things got a little more easier just because we didn't have some of the other stresses that our surroundings or you know some of those other influences right now as far as like uh working and education that was always really really high in our in our household now my parents took out insurance policies on both of us when we were kids but they took it out in a way so that would provide a college Ah uh, money for college when we turned twenty one twenty two mm. so both of our parents did do that and but what's funny about that is when I talk to a lot of my clients, most of the other people have not done that for their kids so I'm really surprised that my parents did compared to our my peers. Gotcha, gotcha so quick question uh, both of your parents yep. um, are they
1: uh, so your lineage was everybody born in America uh, for as like as far back as as, as possible uh, from what you can remember basically?
0: Yep. I did okay. my 23 gotcha. Uh They're uh, uh, African Creole, so from like Louisiana. My mom okay. cooked some gumbo. Gotcha. Okay. There you go. <laughs> so w- when
1: it came to the insurance policies uh, that that they got, what made them get those policies and what gave them that foresight of like, oh, this is something that uh, we should probably look into because it's uh, it's important for us to have these funds for our kids later?
0: Sure. So I'm assuming that they got the policies because they were poor, but they wanted to provide money towards college for us. So the main reason was to give us some type of future greater than what their future was. So but how did they know that that was even a possibility? That I don't that I okay. don't know. And I'll have gotcha. to ask my mom that question yeah. and get back to you. Yeah, because that, 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 that's, that's something that I, I think is, is very
1: interesting because there's a lot of folks that um, I would talk to that didn't end up going to college. And I would ask them, why didn't they go? And their main reasons was, I don't want student loans that's going to keep me bogged down for the rest of my life. And also, I didn't have the money, so I didn't go. But I know growing up, we didn't have money either. And because of that, I was able to get grants to go to, uh, well, at least most of my college for free. And I only had to pay for like the last couple semesters. But it's like, all that was free because there was no money. And it just kind of made me wonder. Okay, well, where is a disconnect in communication? But I had to realize I was blessed that my sister, who was six years older than I am, she already went through the process of college. So she was like, "Hey, fill out your FAFSA. Make sure you do this. Here's the deadlines. Here's this and that." And so, definitely, whatever you talk to, uh, you know, your parents about the the uh, life uh, policies that they got for college. Like, I would love to get like some insight and maybe having you know all you guys on. And talking about like where did that even come from, because that's not sure. something that's just general knowledge uh, that that people would know, um, but you sure. say education was very important. Why was education important to you all?
0: because we knew education gave us opportunity I love it right and, and so but but let me tell you, let me expand on that because a lot of our family also didn't have a lot of money, we knew we didn't have a safety net, we knew we didn't have anyone that we could fall back on, so it had to our lineage have to come from us.
1: Gotcha. If gotcha. that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, uh,
1: moving forward, so as you became, say, like a teenager, did you have like jobs at like the grocery store or some things that you worked on uh, as you were a teen or were you a hustler? Like, how, how was that?
0: Great question. So, I literally had no less than two jobs almost all of my life. Wow. I mean, I, I, I used to be a security guard. When I was done being a security guard, I would sleep in the parking lot. Of them of my next job, where I was a material handler, and then I left the material handler job, and then I went to school. Wow! So I literally, those are my days. And that was, most of that was on the bus when I didn't have a car. Mm. So this is, at, at, at this point, now I'm living in California, but I can tell you how that transition happened as well when you're ready. Yeah, go for it, uh, go for it. Okay, so one day my mom literally showed my sister and I a picture of a beach and a palm tree. And she said, baby, how do you like this? I said, mom, it looks great, but where is it? she said San Jose, California. And I said that sounds far. <laughs> so but pretty much we packed up and left. Remember, we were living in Chicago and just back 20 years ago, Chicago was a very different place. Mm-hmm. So we were looking for opportunity, looking for change. And and I want you to remember I say change because change comes from changing your surroundings and changing the influences that you have in your life. So so please make note of that, okay? Mm-hmm. So now my so now we pack up and we move to California. But guess what? There were no beaches and no palm trees in San Jose. Uh. So I said, "Hey, Mom, you bamboozled me. You tricked me." She <laughs> said, "Yes." <"Yeah." laughs> she said, "I did, baby, but I wanted to give you more opportunity, and I think this place will give us opportunity." Gotcha. So from there, it's really important. So then I started meeting people from all races, all cultures. Um, it started my first time leaving the country. Mm. Um, I've been to 80, eighty-six countries now. Oh wow! And half—I've oh, nice. been a lot of places. And half of those places I've been with families that I've met from California of different races, cultures, so I, and but they bring me home. So I get a whole different experience. Gotcha. And 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 why that's important for my development and for the development of the people as well is you have to look through the lenses of other people, very often, and not just through your eyes. That that's very powerful. Uh, and, and the reason why I say that is because uh, so
1: I'm I'm Haitian. All my family is from Haiti. Uh, and mm-hmm. something that I realized. Growing up and I kind of took this for granted, but I appreciate a lot more as I got older. We used to go to Haiti at least like once or twice a year uh, for when I was uh, one to about, you know, 10 or so and then a gap and then I went later on. But by just going there and just seeing, uh, you know, a different way of life uh, and understanding why things are the way that it is, why certain structures are the way that it is, uh, you know, where the food comes from and just kind of seeing where just seeing something different. It made me appreciate uh, other aspects of life. And um, it opened my mind to other possibilities and understanding the reason mm-hmm. why my parents came to America was to you know make make something happen and make something, you know, uh, out of themselves. And when having children, it's the pressure of, hey, you're not here to mess around. You're here to get things going because whatever they came with the intensity of you got to go to school, you got to do this, you got to do that. It's not from a standpoint of starting off in America, moving forward It's say, I know how bad it can really get. So this is why I'm pushing you forward. So it's great that you got the exposure of different uh, you know, cultures and just being able to go to so many you know, different countries and doing that. So kind of staying on that for a little bit. Um, what was your first experience uh, with uh, someone's you know, different culture that surprised you? You're like, oh, I had no idea
0: this was even a thing. Well, the first thing that really surprised me, and it sounds funny, is that I thought Chinese, Vietnamese, Japanese was just one type of ease. Mm. <laughs> so I didn't know that. What I, I mean, what I mean by that, yeah. is Chicago was still very black and white mm-hmm. back then, 20, 20 some years ago. Yeah. When I came to California and you see this melting pot of so many cultures, I just really thought, there was just, now there's just a new culture. Now right. there's black, white and something else.
1: Right, right. So.
0: So that was very I became super curious and I just wanted to learn and I wanted to be friends with everyone. Mm-hmm. And and I became friends with everyone. I literally have friends. of. I speak multiple languages now. I can cook different foods. So I am a melting I become the melting pot in myself. Gotcha. But that's not how, that's how I look at the world now as well. Gotcha. So I'm, I'm totally ir- opportunities in my life. And the way I feel about awesome. people and things. So was there
1: anything that surprised you uh, in general the first time you are exposed to something? Uh, like, for example, I know um, when it comes like so just with like different customs uh, or different sayings or, or something that uh, you were introduced to that you're like, oh, I didn't even know this was uh, you know, a, a thing. Like, is that something is there something that you can maybe pinpoint that you could think of?
0: Sure. The quickest thing is just taking your shoes off at the front door and respecting the household. Gotcha. Number one. And number two, the respect that a lot of other cultures have for their elders and how they take care of their elders throughout the lifetime of their elders versus putting their elders, you know, in secondary care and secondary homes. Gotcha. So that is, is very eye opening. Gotcha. Right? gotcha. I love it. Yeah.
1: That's good. So uh, now you're uh, you know, you went from uh, teen to adulthood. You had. You know always at least two jobs as you're you know moving forward uh in your life and so now working towards college what was uh so is that during college time where you did the the security job and uh the other aspects
0: so it was kind of so that was yes yes so mm-hmm. I, I took two years off and i went to grambling state university in louisiana mm-hmm. with the money that my parents had put away for college mm-hmm. so i used that money in a combination of some grants and loans But that money ended up running out. Mm -hmm. So when it ran out, I came back to California and I started working where I was telling you I was working multiple jobs. And then I was spending some money to put my sister through college as well. Mm -hmm. So I just felt that I was. the. So my my father did not come with us to California, by the way. It was just my mom, my sister and myself. Gotcha. So so we lost that support. So I became the man of the house. Right. So by coming to man of the house, I decided to keep working and put my help, put my sister through college so that she could be successful uh, until she got on her feet. She went to DePaul University in Chicago. So she went to a very prestigious school as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So now fast forward. Now I'm still in school at night school. Then I finally graduate. Um, Then I graduated graduated from school in in California. Uh, Then I finished that graduation. Then I went to get my MBA in Pepperdine. And I paid for all of this out of my own pocket. Uh, so that was that was, and and why that's important is a lot of people get the gift of college, and that's something I can show people how to get now, because I don't believe that you should be paying for college out of your pocket every year. You should use your money, let your money grow, and use a portion of your proceeds to pay for college. It's just a different approach, and I can talk about that. I actually would like to talk about that when, when the time is right with you.
1: Got it. So, uh, this type of policy, well, first, the ones that your, uh, your parents, uh, got for you, um, Mm -hmm. is it the same type of policy that you, you teach people how to use or is it a different kind of policy?
0: It was pretty similar. What they, what they got was just a a simple life insurance policy that had cash value and cash accumulation. Mm -hmm. And they put just enough into it to provide money for college. But when they took the money out, they consumed the entire policy, so there nothing was left. Gotcha. I designed my policy so it's you have you're covered for your entire life.
1: Gotcha. And that's my goal. Okay, so yeah, let, let's talk about it. So uh, you know, people that want to get into college and they're thinking that it's impossible. They don't have the money. They don't want to get into student loan debt. And how student loans are basically, you know, a, a chokehold on millennials and. Uh, a lot of people sure. from going to the next uh, step in life. They want to own homes, they want to have better cars, live a better life, but it's that dark cloud of student loans that's following them everywhere they go, so so what? how would you help them uh, in that process of saying, hey, they want to go to college, but
0: how, how do you help them get away from the cloud? Fantastic, so there are, there are kind of two programs that are specific for colleges. One is a 529 plan, okay? A 529 plan is where the parents put money aside and that money grows, that money grows with the stock market. And over time that whatever your contributions plus the money you're putting into the, the process create some value and at that time you can take that value and use that towards college, uh-huh. okay? So that's called a 529 plan, but there are some cons with that because, or because it's also tied to the stock market which can be a, a negative. Um, the other thing is it goes against ordinary income, meaning if your parents make $100,000 and you have $100,000 in the 529 plan, now you make $200,000 on paper. Mm. So it may it may make it more difficult for the, the child to um, get grants and other the free money when there's other people that are more deserving. Gotcha. Okay? Mm-hmm. And the third would be what happens if your kid gets a scholarship or doesn't want to go to college, but now you have $100,000 that's slotted specifically for college. That money has to be used for college when it's in a five two nine plan, oh. so so that that becomes a problem. Yes, you can still use it, but you're just heavily taxed because it wasn't used for college funding. Gotcha. Now, what you can do is you can use that money for other kids. It doesn't have to be your kid. You know, you can go to the neighbor and say, "Hey, I have this hundred thousand dollars, and maybe you can figure out how to work it out." Mm-hmm. But the, everything's tied to your name, so that's that's the way a five two nine plan.
1: Gotcha.
0: What I do instead is I will put a get a policy for the kid. And let's just say it's a newborn. I have the parents tell me how much they believe they want to have for their college for the college student. Let's just say it's one hundred thousand dollars. I back into that, determining how much they need to put per month, per year, twice a year until their child turns, let's just say, 22 years old. Mm -hmm. And their contribution plus cash accumulation inside of an index, IUL, will create some number. And the goal is to get it to be that number that they want.
1: Okay. 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 Gotcha.
0: Now now I did, I did this exact thing for my sister, Uh um, but let me just tell you how it works. So now you're, so let's say the policy was $250,000 in in face value. So that means that if something happened to the child, they also, the beneficiaries would inherit Uh 250,000. Okay. That's number one. Uh Number two, the policies I designed have what's called living benefits, which is very, very important. What that means is if the child has a qualifying illness or injury in life, they get access to money. They don't have to go go fund me pages. They don't have to ask for help. They're able to use this money to, you know, take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, the third thing is now you're putting this money aside for their child. So now let's say the kid's 22. You have one hundred thousand dollars in this policy. You withdraw it and you use that money to pay t- towards your college tuition. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Now, now now there's a couple other things. Let's say the kid decides not to go to college. It's still a hundred thousand dollars. You do whatever you want with it. You know, buy buy a car, buy a house, start a business.
1: So quick. Now question. Now you
0: have options. Yes.
1: So with this uh, life insurance policy, uh, and say if you know it accumulates up and they have a cash value of hundred K that they could pull out, um, which I'm assuming you said up to that 22 uh, age, basically. Uh, so if that policy is still active, would it still count against them uh, whenever they're applying for like FAFSA and
0: showing like this is no? Okay, It does not. Okay, awesome. Great question. Mm-hmm. It does not, because it does not go against ordinary income. Gotcha. Okay. And and I mean, we want to talk about that. So IRS code 7702 states that any dollar earned inside of a insurance policy grows tax-free. And we do that, we achieve that by paying the taxes now. So there are no additional tax consequences if it's funded correctly as well. Gotcha, okay. okay. So, so the money comes out in the form of a policy loan in the name of the child. Um, so kind of the way, the, the, the full process would be, let's say the parents take out a loan for their child at age 19, okay? Now, you take out the regular loan, but remember, college loans don't need to be paid back until one year after you graduate.
1: Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: You see where I'm going with this? Right, right. So now you take the, the policy loan from your insurance policy, pay back the loan. Booyah.
1: Gotcha. So gotcha. Okay.
0: Everybody wins. As opposed to a parent just paying every year on, on tuition, there's no cash accumulation in that. You're exchanging right. time for, for an asset. In this gotcha. case, you're putting your asset to work. And letting the asset grow to buy a bigger asset. And that's the education. Gotcha. That education can never be taken. Gotcha. Okay.
1: That, okay. So I'm, I'm kind of like some thoughts are kind of bubbling in my mind right now. So I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to uh, think about this. So loans are not considered income. Uh, so you can take the loan and pay for items, but you just uh, pay it back. But there's something that I read uh, in one of the books that you uh, recommended at the um, – at the the mastermind um they're uh basically saying let me uh let me get to the bottom of this here once you uh get a loan uh to pay for something is there a way for uh say if you're not able to pay it back or something like that right i think there was something along the lines of you just uh take the funds that were available but you still have the policy that continues like explain that because that to me that was a great area from what i know of life insurance if you stop paying, then you don't have a
0: policy anymore for those. So, sure. so let me explain th- that process. Sure. Yeah, I'll explain that to you. So let me, let me close on one topic on yeah. the college funding first. Mm-hmm. So when that child takes the money out at 23, let's say the parents were putting that money up until that kid is 22. Now the parents simply turn the policy over to the child and let the child take over funding the policy from there. Now. When that kid is 32 there's another amount of money that's available for the kid to take additional funds out oh. now the kid continues to fund until age 65 66 and then we have what's called a lifetime income benefit writer which allows the kid to take an additional lifetime income for the rest of their life of some set number forever Holy so not crap. only did we pay for it, <laughs> right so, so so you see where i'm going right so what's, what's even better is now you have retirement income when that child passes away, they also leave money to their beneficiary. So they've also created generational wealth. Bro. So, so that's, that's just to close out that topic. Okay.
1: That, that's the now, whole podcast right there. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. I love it. I, I absolutely love it, man. So, okay. Wow. Okay. So
0: policy loans and the that. way okay. it works. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So policy loans and just the way that works, right? So Let's say you have 250,000 in face value and you have 50,000 of that is in cash accumulation. You take out 50,000, you put it in your pocket. How much do you have left in the policy? Well, let me give a better example. If you have 100,000, you take out 20, you have 20 in your pocket. Mm -hmm. How much do you think is left in the policy? Right. So you should have 80. If it was Uh, was 100, uh, you took out 20, you got uh, 80. You have 80. Mm -hmm. That, That is correct in theory. In actuality, since it's a loan to yourself, the insurance company will say, okay, well, you're going to pay back that loan of 20000 So your cash accumulation continues to grow on the 100000 not on just the 80000 Okay. Why? <laughs> so it's <laughs> – right. So because it's a loan mm-hmm. and you're lending it to yourself, they assume that you're going to pay it back. Right. So because you're going to pay it back, they continue to pay on the entire cash accumulation that you have. Gotcha. But in but but what when you take something out, what happens on the on the other side of the equation is if you have to have two hundred fifty thousand face value, it drops by twenty thousand. So now you have two hundred and thirty on that side, while you have twenty thousand utilization in your pocket. Got it. So that's 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 how the teeter totter. Okay. okay. That that's
1: that's the disconnect that I had. I'm like, well, this money has to sure. go somewhere uh, from Absolutely. there. So, so from there, I've also uh, heard of the situation of. Uh, say if you front load your policy uh, and you're, say, if you know, you're flipping houses and you're making, you know, chunks of cash. So in a year, say you make like four or five hundred thousand or so uh, from flipping uh, and you have this, this policy um, and you're putting a large sum, say, you know, a hundred or two hundred thousand into the policy. Um, how can you then just not uh, pay after that? Because there, there's something about if you front load a policy that you could just not have a premium that you're paying every month. So it, it, explain that or that's even a thing.
0: It is a thing. Okay. Uh, one more thing. Let me close close out the other topic too. Yeah. So when you took that 20000 you so when you're earning interest, guess who gets the interest? Uh, Ourself. So like when you take money yeah. yourself, exactly. So what I mean by that is let's just say it's 3% and you've taken that 20,000 and kept it for two years, mm-hmm. 3% of 20,000, know, let's just say for two years, it's a it's thousand bucks. Mm-hmm. When you put that 20,100 back into your policy, your face value jumps back up to 251,000 now. So ah. you make money, you're earning money on your own interest. And that's a, that's a win. Mm-hmm. So you, you, that's the, I just wanna make that point. Absolutely, okay. love it, love it. Okay, mm-hmm. now, now to answer your question. So there are four ways to pay a policy. You could do monthly, quarterly, twice a year, one lump sum, or you can also do what's called a premium deposit where you put money down into the policy and they, they release it to your policy as um, each year comes, okay? Now, the reason why we do that is just a thing called the MEC, Modified Endowment Contract. That is the maximum amount of money you can put into a policy at any given annual year, okay? Now, this is very important because... Remember when I said IRS code 7702 states that your money earned grows without taxes? Mm-hmm. So, so people may have seen this as a vehicle to reduce their tax exposure, right? Mm-hmm. So the government said, no, no, no. We want to make sure you operate within specific guidelines. So they've created this ceiling. Mm-hmm. And what that does is that it says that you can only put a certain amount into this bucket and nothing more. If you put anything more, that becomes taxable. And then that alerts, I mean, then it causes all sorts of problems. Gotcha. So let's so to answer your question, when when I'm working with real estate agents or anyone that are high income earners, we design policies based on what they need from a coverage perspective. And generally policies are designed one or two ways, what you need or what you can afford. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what you what you can afford often comes into play as what you need from an income replacement. If you are unable to work what how much money do you need per month per year to continue your quality of life
1: gotcha okay right. mm-hmm.
0: and, and that's super important for us as entrepreneurs because now we're entrepreneurs we've given up that security that the w-2 job used to offer us so we have to put that back into our lives right so 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 again so when, the, when, so when I do the policy design for those clients I have the ceiling as high as possible So when they put the money into the policy, um, it doesn't, it just hits as high as possible.
1: So what is that maximum amount uh, that I guess the law says?
0: Sure. It depends on policy design. Okay. Meaning, so remember that Mm -hmm. $250,000 policy I was talking about? Mm -hmm. So obviously two hundred fifty dollars would probably be the maximum amount of money we could ever put in, Mm $250,000, because that would fill up the policy. But there are two types of policies. There's also increasing and level. If it's an increasing policy over time, that policy is going to increase and increase and increase and increase as you make premium payments. Gotcha. So that naturally will allow us to put more money into that policy.
1: Interesting. Um, OK, but it, it would be increased amount. But there's still a cap to how much you can put in there. There's
0: Still a cap. Absolutely. OK, absolutely. And it all depends on so, how it's
1: designed. So for one person, it could be two hundred thousand. But
0: another person could it be like ten million
1: or something. Based on that is correct.
0: Okay. That, gotcha. that is correct. So, so like my, my, my mech is like around $150,000 a year mm-hmm. is the maximum I could put in. And I also design policies so I have a min, a mid, and a max because I'd like to give clients options so that they never feel like, oh, Dimitri, I'm locked into this. No, let's lock into life because life evolves, and we don't know how things are going to be next year and the years you know, to come. So I always want to give my clients a range, but I, but we sit down together and determine where we're going to target. Gotcha. Right. So when I, when I set that target, if it's an agent and that agent knows that he's going to have a bunch of extra residual income over the years to come, I can show him what that looks like if he were to put that money into this policy and use that to pay uh, future premiums or to stop making premiums. Gotcha. Okay.
1: And so within one policy, you will have it set to where there is a max, but then there's a minimum contribution that they have to put. And then if you know, they're not trying to do the max, but there's that in-between of, well, you can at least do mm-hmm. this. But is it – I guess it will be set up as like an auto-draft uh, type situation or is it a thing of yep.
0: you, you just pay whenever? Yep. So I generally set everything up on auto-drafts with the ability to put more in at the client's discretion. Okay. Okay. Now, because there's that thing, we want flexibility and options in our life, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, and on top of that, I also set it up so that they can make other changes as needed as they grow, as things change in their lives, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, one thing that's important to note is that when the client is putting the money into the policy that way, uh, it's still growing. The average rate of return in some policies right now, let's say it's five six percent the the best rate of return in a bank right now has been like 0.65 right exactly right so Mm -hmm. maybe maybe it's a good time to talk about the different insurance types yeah go for it Mm -hmm. So your clients gonna so there are three types there there are term policies Uh term policies covers a client for a specific term and let's say that period of time is 30 years on the 31st year They are 31 years older, obviously. Mm -hmm. So the cost of insurance has increased, meaning the cost to continue coverage will also increase. Right. Okay. But term policies are inexpensive because of that specific term. Uh, Certain companies have term policies that also include living benefits, which, again, gives them the ability to access funds in the event of qualifying illnesses or injuries. And that's very important. Mm -hmm. But there is no cash accumulation inside of a term policy. Gotcha. So I I write quite a few terms, but I generally write terms to cover the client so the client has something because something is better than nothing. And what's our most important asset?
1: Ourselves. That's ourselves.
0: Absolutely. Right. And we often forget that. Uh, So the second, there is permanent insurance and permanent insurance comes in two forms. That will be whole life and IULs. Now, whole life, there are Most whole life policies determine your whole life to be up to age 99, but you can design them or pay them off earlier. Uh, But but if if it's supposed to be age 99, they expect the payment until age 99.
1: Mm.
0: So so I kind of have have a problem with that because I want my clients to pay things off as quickly as possible and then live their life without additional payments. Right. Mm Um. some, of the, some whole life policies also have inflexibility with their premium payments, meaning if you start paying 300, you can always pay more, but you don't often have the luxury of paying less. Right. So uh-huh. some of the, the premiums are, are less flexible. Uh-huh. Uh, whole life policies have guarantees built in, which is one reason why that the cash accumulation is, is good over time because you're, gonna, you're guaranteed to make some rate of return uh, and, that, and that's, that's good. But when you're paying for a guarantee, there's a cost to get that guarantee. Sometimes that cost cuts into your cash accumulation. Yeah. But again, let's well, give an example I, of,
1: of that. Like, is it like uh, additional fees that go into that, or is just a, a lower rate of return, basically?
0: So it's a lower rate of return. It's a guaranteed rate of return. But because it's a guaranteed rate of return, that comes at a cost because we're guaranteeing that you get that rate. Gotcha. Gotcha. If okay. that makes sense. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So then now the IUL. Which is indexed universal life? Those have flexible premiums, meaning, remember, I just talked about you can have a min, a max, somewhere in between. Uh-huh. Uh, depending on the company, some companies have uh, guarantees for up to 40 years, meaning if you're you're guaranteed to your policy is guaranteed not to lapse as long as you make the minimum payment. Uh-huh. So you still have the same guarantee. But, but when I design my policies, my goal is to design it within – so the po- client is only paying for 10 years or less or up to age 65 but no further. That's always going to be my goal. So I'm always doing the front, front loading or I'm yeah. showing clients how to multiply their money faster. So, so what, why do you
1: – yeah, is that the reason why? Uh, is it because it multiplies faster if it's up to 65 rather than 99?
0: No, 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 no. So mm-hmm. if you just look at paying, let's just assume you're 30 years old, uh-huh. 30 to 65 is 35 years, uh-huh. right? And let's say you're paying $1,000 a year. Now you're only paying it for 35 years.
1: Right, right.
0: <clears throat> As opposed to paying until age 99, which is a larger number. Right,
1: right. Gotcha. And so because okay, you so stopped you, at 65, well, I guess go ahead and explain the rest over here.
0: No. So what I'll do is I'll compress that. So I have the client pay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just yeah. Uh, within the first 15 or 20 years or up to age 65 but i designed the policy so that at age 66 additional premiums become optional not mandatory okay so basically the policy is paid off it's paid it's paid in full because it's your contribution your premiums plus cash accumulation okay. over time satisfies gotcha. the policy requirements
1: and so at that point um, you have this this lump sum and you can choose to Take the value of it over time, and then the remainder you can just have that be sent off to your beneficiaries.
0: Yep, you kind of have you kind of have three options, Mm -hmm. well, four options. One, one, you just do nothing; you stop making your payments. You don't take any cash; you leave all of that cash accumulation or your your face value to your beneficiary. That would be option number one. Mm -hmm. Number two would be you take some and do whatever you need. Maybe you need to buy a house, pay off some bills. So now you've reduced your face value, and your policy stays whole for your rest of your life. Uh, three, I guess you could take all of it and just consume the policy, now the policy's done. That, I mean, that's an option.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but my goal is to have, keep you covered, So, but things happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Number four would be to create that lifetime income benefit, so now you're paying yourself an income stream for the rest of your life. But guess what? You determine the age. It doesn't have to be age 65. It doesn't have to be age 70. It could be age 43. Mm. Depends on how you fund it. But guess what? You still get Social Security most likely. You still get the benefits or income from all the other income streams you have. This just becomes an additional income stream in your life. Okay. Okay. See the difference? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Now, okay.
1: So now I'm thinking about, all right, so you have yourself this policy, uh, and you set it up to where the policy is – set up to say like like you said you know 65 uh but if you are able to pay off the total amount by the time you're 40 then you can set it up Mm -hmm. to where you have uh the additional stream from 40 to 65 uh and
0: no from from 40 to 100 age 120 it's from 40 to the rest of your life remember it's a lifetime income benefit gotcha you get that forever Okay. okay forever so, so now now it becomes a math problem, right? So mm-hmm. let's say if you start taking an income stream at age 42 of $2,000 a year, just mm-hmm. for example, and if you live through age 90, that's the average life expectancy. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, so 90 minus 40 is what, uh, 50 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so 50 times 2,000, that's how much you would take over that time period. Gotcha.
1: Okay. 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 Gotcha. But okay. But okay. So, I'm getting, I, I okay. get what's going on now. Okay.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. But let's say you don't take it at age 42, you wait to age 60. So now that money's sitting in there like that gumbo and marinating and tasting better, tasting better. <laughs> right. So now you start taking it at age sixty. So now it's not two thousand anymore. Now let's say it's ten thousand, but now it's ten thousand over a shorter period of time. But now is that ten thousand over? You know, that's thirty years greater than that ten thousand over those right. fifty years. So is that something it's that you set problem. up? Is this something that you set up at the
1: beginning of the policy, or do you just say, "All right, now uh, I want to start deducting um, at the great end?" Great
0: question. Yeah. So, so we model it at policy design. We just show the client what they could be. We do a series of what-if scenarios. Okay. Okay? And then once we agree on what the client wants, we set that. But when that client gets to that particular point in his life, he still has an option. Because remember, if we set it up so the policy's paid off by age 40 or 50, uh-huh. he still can keep making payments if he wants. And all that does is keep funding the cash accumulation and the growth inside the policy.
1: Gotcha. gotcha. But, he, but he
0: has the option, the option to stop or continue or do other things.
1: Gotcha. And then from there, would it be, so as they're taking funds out, it would just be balancing out. So at that point, it's not a loan. You're not, you're not it's getting
0: it. It's still considered a policy loan.
1: It's still considered a policy loan. Okay. But uh, so it'll be deducted from the face value. But if your goal was to have a certain amount that you could balance out how much you're going to be taking, versus what the, the face value would be. And say you balance it out to where it's like, okay, well though the face value is 300,000, I'm gonna be taking X amount per month. And assuming I die at you know, 100, then I know what my face value will be and the remainder will go to my, my family as a beneficiary.
0: Sure. What, what they really do is they base it on your life expectancy of 120. So when you start asking for that lifetime income stream, it's over the course of if you live through 120. Gotcha. Because they they want to make sure the client doesn't run out of money.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, you, you can take a policy loan or you can take a full withdrawal, but that just behaves a little bit differently when you just take cash out. I prefer, generally, I prefer the loan option because you can still put money in and out. You, you It gives you more control over what you're doing, in my opinion. Gotcha, gotcha. But, cool.
1: And so um, from my understanding as well, uh, as far as um, these different policies, you're able to have a a floor, uh, of, so basically you won't lose Uh, money. Indexing. Yeah. with indexing. indexing. Yeah. So explain that, that process and, and, and what does that really mean?
0: All right. So there are three ways you earn money. There's level, which we talked about, Mm -hmm. meaning let's just say, I'm always going to give you a 3% return with a 3% return over the course of your life. How much cash would that a, a grow? Um, how much would you accumulate? Okay, mm-hmm. but I want to talk about something before I talk about this. Okay, I want to talk about I want to talk about inflation, and I want to talk about taxes. Okay, inflation is approaching seven percent. Okay, mm-hmm. so that means everything around you is getting seven percent more expensive. Mm-hmm. Right now, we all pay taxes, uh, but again, do you think taxes are going to get higher or lower? You know, in the future, uh, probably. The higher, I'm assuming. So uh, most people agree with you because Mm -hmm. when we look at history, we always see a spike in taxes based on what's going on in the previous years, whether it was the market crash, whether it was war. uh, Right now, we're kind of going through war, but what do we we just got out of a pandemic? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So the reason why I'm talking about that is that when you're putting money into a permanent policy, you're paying your taxes now. So it's nice to pay taxes while taxes are low because at some future day Mm -hmm. taxes may go higher, but we don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. So, again, if we have a 7 percent inflation and you're guaranteed a 3 percent return on your policy, you're still you're making money. You're not losing. But because everything's getting more expensive around you. Do you see where I'm going? So it still may be a problem, but that's the way level works. Mm -hmm. The variable variable market is stock market, cryptocurrency. You can make a lot of money, but you can also lose a lot of money. Right Now, I talk about this a lot with my clients. It's like, if you're over the age of 30, how much time do you have to recover from a loss? Mm. Right? Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I have clients constantly coming to me. Jimmy, what do you think about the stock? Or What do you think about this crypto? And I just try to pull them back and say, hey, let's put X percent of your net income in a variable market, but let's put the rest in an indexing strategy or something like that. So let me move to indexing. Right. The way indexing works is... You have a 0% floor or a 1% floor, depending on which company you're working with. And then you have, let's just say, a 9.5% ceiling to 11%. Again, depends on which company you're working with, but there's a ceiling and there's a floor, meaning you're always going to make money between or earn money crediting between this range. Now, people say, oh, Dimitri, but I'm missing out on the upside of money in the stock market. And I say, that is true. Mm-hmm. You absolutely are. But would you much rather have money or lose money?
1: exactly because
0: we people are always talking about they're making money but you don't hear what i'm talking about
1: <laughs> <laughs> they get the another side <laughs> they,
0: they get quiet right right, right. and i exactly. think i think it was warren buffett who had a contest against someone he's put all his money in a in an index strategy versus the market and i believe he made more money in a year's period of time wow it's just because and i and i have charts to show this what and why that is is the way an index strategy works is if you have a hundred dollars and in the regular market, if you have a 50% loss, now you have 50. Would that's you agree? Right. Okay. Now, if you made 50, how much do you have?
1: Yeah, 150. Or
0: if it made a made made 50%. I'm sorry. If you have a 50% increase, uh-huh.
1: what do you have? Yeah, 150. Uh-huh.
0: So most people would either think that. But the, the way the math actually works is 100, 50% loss brings you to 50. Uh-huh. A 50% gain brings you to 75.
1: Uh-huh. So that's
0: the way the variable market works. So now you're in a, in a hole. You're in a de- de- deficit by $25. Gotcha. And in an index market, you have that 100. When the market drops below zero, you stay level. So you're already winning compared to the way the variable, variable market would have would have performed. So right. now when you get that 50% increase, you're increasing from 100. Gotcha. Not from, so, so that's why I prefer indexing. But go ahead. So with that question. All
1: right. So is this over the course of a year or, or a quarter? Uh, adjustment? But how, how does that work? The
0: crediting is annual. It's it's okay. generally annual. So there's a there's a period in time that you start, and there's a period of time that you end. And if the if the market performed higher or lower uh, than the average of that period of time, the insurance policy credits you, and that credit there's other calculations and that helps to determine how much you get credited. Um, so how much cash accumulation? How much more money do you get on your cash accumulation inside your policy? Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that that's, yeah, that
1: that was great information. So if somebody wants to, um, well, actually uh, let, let me uh, uh, back over the. I know you uh, you touched on this a little bit uh, to where you got introduced to uh, life insurance from uh, your parents getting uh, the policy, and then as you move out to California, you you're finding other uh, wealthy people, also using these strategies. So at what point did you say, all right, this is what I'm going to start doing as far as, you know, getting my license and also, like,
0: teaching people about insurance? Like, what what brought that about? Sure. So when I got the money around age 21, 22, all I saw was the money. I didn't care about the vehicle that created that money. I didn't really – yes, my parents did. I am just. Like, I was like, thank you, parents, for doing this for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I didn't really understand what that vehicle meant and nor did I really care because I was just young and I had student debt. And I needed to pay this debt. Mm-hmm. Right. So now fast forward to age 44 or so. Um, now I'm working in a corporate world. I'm stressed. I'm working all those hours. And I just I'm like, God, there's got to be a better life for me. What, what could it be? So uh, a friend of mine who I grew up with recommended that I go do John Maxwell. So I went to John Maxwell and I became a, a life coach. Um, I didn't know who he was. I had never heard of him before, but I wanted to start working on my Ph. Me, meaning becoming the best version of myself. There you
1: go. Okay? I like that. Uh-huh.
0: So I started with John Maxwell. I paid for my sister to go. My sister became certified. Um, my mom went. We all just said, hey, let's just let's just go do this. Right. Right. Um, so then I came back and then I went to Tony Robbins. And that's where I called Otis and said, Otis, hey, let's take a trip. And let's go see Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. So then Otis and I went and we, we t- did Tony Robbins, signed up for everything, and again, we continued to work on who we were,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? So then when Otis and I came back to California, we started thinking about this. We're like, we have, we're highly educated, we have a lot of power, we have a lot of influence, but we are ourselves hitting ceilings. What are the problems? So both Otis and I looked at our circles and we decided to separate ourselves from certain people so that we can focus on becoming the best versions of ourselves. Uh-huh. And we just did that and did that. And all those people gravitated back to us because we were leading by example. Remember when I started this conversation, I said, when I moved from California, I mean, from Chicago to California, remember the word change? Yes. This is why. This is the changing moment. But I had to change myself and I had to change my surroundings to become who I, I am. I love that. Because you're, otherwise, you're, mm-hmm. you're held back, right? We're right. are held back by things we don't know or things we think are comfort or friends that think they're subject matter experts, but they're not. Right. So invest in yourself. And that's why I'm happy that you read some of those books I, I shared with you. Right. Because now you under you're not listening, just listening to Dimitri. Do you have a second source of the truth?
1: There you go. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. And so th- there's something that uh, that you said that's very interesting. And I I know there's a lot of people that, also need this advice uh, because you just kind of you spoke about it so you change your surroundings but what do you say to someone that is in a particular spot you know they're born or raised in this one spot uh all their friends are not on the same page of where they want to go but this is what they know so what would you say to that person and how would you say separate yourself when their surroundings are all around them
0: sure sure So I say the first thing is you need to identify your limiting beliefs so you can understand, one, where you want to be, and two, what's preventing you from going there. So Otis and I say this all the time. You can't hit what you can't see. So you got to put things on paper so you can figure out your path. Um, Number two and three, you need to get accountability partners. You can't do it alone. Now, you said if if they're surrounded by people who don't know, where do you find people? So this is where they have to reach out on their own out of their comfort zone to find someone that is doing what they think they want to be doing. Gotcha. And believe it or not, people are willing to help. But you just got to ask them because they don't know what is in your mind or in your heart. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, Number four and five is our friends and our families are also often uninformed. Our schools are often uninformed to these things. So those are the people closest to us, but they're not the right people to go to.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Makes sense. And, and it, it's
0: and that's one of my my goals as well is to educate our parents so that their kids understand financial uh, and you know, education and can pass that on. Gotcha. Love it. Love
1: it. Awesome. So um, if somebody wants to get a consultation or really get down uh, deep and explain their specific situation, what's the best way for somebody to, to get in contact with you?
0: Sure. So I can give you my email. I have a 10K card. I have a lot of ways to be reached. So what is your, uh, my, your
1: email? Yeah.
0: Sure. It's, it's Dimitri. And that's D I M I T R I at Napier consulting group. And Napier is N A P I E R.
1: All right. So what I'm going to have to do is
0: put that at the bottom
1: of the screen. So you guys will see okay. that at the, at the bottom there. Uh, and uh, that way they'll, they'll have a visual of it. And do you have a, uh, so your 10K card, uh, what's the, the website for that? Or, or is it like a, uh, something that you...
0: Well, explain 10K so I can, I
1: this, g- is, this is new to me.
0: Uh, sure, sure. So 10K is a digital business, business card that forms a QR code that you can just scan and all of my contact information will be imported into the client's phone. Gotcha. So that way it just makes it importing a lot easier. So gotcha. I can share my QR code as well and you can put that on the screen sure. when you replay okay. this and that will make it easy for people to get in touch with me. Gotcha.
1: So, how would? Man, I know I sound I sound old if if I don't know how this works. So, if it's on their phone, uh, how would mm-hmm. they be able to to scan it if it's an image that's on their phone? Because I know you can scan something if um, you can look at it. But
0: is there oh, a way sure. to, to to do that? Separately? Sure. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll okay. include the link. So there'll okay. be a link plus an image. Perfect. So they'll be able to do both. Gotcha. Correct. Okay. Awesome. All right. Um, so
1: uh, that was that. So. <clears throat> On uh, this part of the podcast, what we do is we talk about uh, the books that you would recommend uh, for someone who wants to uh, one, learn more about um, uh, insurance uh, policies and just overall how this can really change your life uh, and their perspective on life and their possibilities on what mm-hmm. their trajectory would be and what their family's
0: trajectory would be. So what, what are some books that you would recommend that people read? Sure. Now, the, the first book I'm going to recommend is called Money, Wealth, Life, Insurance. How the Wealthy Use Life Insurance as a Tax-Free Personal Bank to Supercharge Their Savings. Now, this is by Jake Thompson. This book is only $8, guys. It's $8, and it's about 90 pages. If you started with that book, that's going to give you more content than half of the other books that I'm going to recommend. But I'll just recommend one more. Uh-huh. Uh, that's called Tax-Free Retirement by Patrick Kelly or The Retirement Miracle by Patrick Kelly. If you read any of these, uh, I guess another one would be "The Power of Zero by David McKnight. Zero means uh, what are you paying and, and you're not having any interest. You're making all, you're make, you're having a, a whole a complete return on your money. Gotcha. Because um, you're not you're not paying taxes, so you're gotcha. reduce your tax exposure. Right. Gotcha. So um
1: so yeah. Awesome, awesome. So now uh, we're gonna do uh, the lightning round. All right. So where okay. I'm going to ask you three questions uh, and you, you know, just answer them to the best of your ability. All right. So if you could communicate with any animal, what animal would it be
0: and why? <laughs> it would be birds because birds have the ability to fly all around and, and give whatever. So it's the Pied Piper. If I want to communicate. I can reach so many people and places with birds. Gotcha. That is an amazing. I'll tell you what, whenever
1: I ask these questions, the answers that I get always blow me away. I, I feel like I, I try to confuse people with these questions, <laughs> but it's like the answers are always better than, than the questions. So next one. All right. Would you, this is interesting. Would you rather have $1 million today? Like somebody just mm-hmm. come and just give you a check for $1 million today, or mm-hmm. would you rather get $2,000 every single day but you have to spend it in its entirety, and you can't save it uh, from the day before. So you can't put it in any investments. You can't, uh, you, know, you can't do something for later. It's a every day you wake up, here's your $2,000, use it up. And if you don't use it all up, then all, you, know, you can't accumulate it. So
0: which one would you rather do? Okay. And that's $2,000 for what time period? Uh, that is $2,000 for the rest of your life. Oh, so i, I take the 2000 Okay, so every day, $2,000. But every you can't... Day. But I can, Go ahead. You can't do what? But I, I can still make other money with other things. I mean, if, if that's my only option, I would take the million dollars. Mm-hmm. If, if that was my only option, I'd take only, the million yeah, dollars. Only option, dollars. no job, no, no, nothing okay. else. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then, oh, then a million dollars for sure. Gotcha. gotcha. I'd take the million dollars because I could put that money to work. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and, and with the power, the power of compound, compound interest... There you go. Awesome. Awesome. All right. And the
1: last one, if you could walk up. So two choices, walking on water, right? Just like the way you walk on water is the way you walk on the ground. Uh, Or you can change the weather. And I'm talking like temperature, raining, snow, whatever, within a month or one mile radius of where you are at any moment. Which one would you choose? Oh, I'd
0: be a weather changer. Call me Storm for <laughs> sure. <laughs> awesome, awesome.
1: I love it. I love it. All right, awesome. So um, now, uh, at this point, this is where we talk about the first step uh, section. So, what is the first step that you would recommend someone who wants to uh, learn more about uh, using life insurance policies as a investment vehicle? Uh, what What would you say is their first step on on you know coming into a situation like that?
0: Their first step is to read that book. Become self-educated. Okay. Number two is to hopefully schedule a meeting with me so I can show you certain scenarios that you can do with your time, with your money over the course of a period of time. Mm -hmm. You know, I I have a lot of clients that come to me and don't know that banks give interest. Don't know when I say early retirement, they're like, no, the government says it's age 59. It says, no, retirement is a state of wealth, it's a state of You know, it's different, but they don't understand that. But that's just a lack of education. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely educate people. Gotcha. Awesome.
1: And last uh, section here, words of wisdom. So what are some words of wisdom that, uh, you know, for the people that are usually listening to this? um, What would you say uh, to them just to kind of give them that hope and encouragement of this is possible or whatever it is, just some words of wisdom that you'll give for them?
0: So the best thing anybody can do is to invest in themselves. We are our most important asset. And we spend money and time investing in other things or listening to other people and investing in the things that they said. We're a culture where we set things and we forget about them. We shouldn't be that. We should be a culture that we take control of the things that we want to have and want to give. And I have a, a, a three-point model. I want to have more, do more, and be able to give more. And I believe that everyone should look at things like that, but that has to start with yourself. We got to get out of this thing of believing in other people, listening to other people, but being too lazy to do it on our on our own. We have to take back the control and put things into play. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that, I love it.
1: I love it. Well, also, Dariche, thank you so much uh, for coming on you're to very this welcome. episode, man. This was amazing. I learned a lot, uh, and uh, we have a consultation with you uh, tonight, uh, my wife and I, so oh, de- definitely ex- right. uh, excited to, uh, to do that. And, um, yeah, man, I look forward to, to working with you and, uh, learning and growing, man. So if you could uh, stay on for a little bit, but thank y'all so much and we'll see all you guys on the next episode. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the, your first steps podcast. Let us know what you thought about this episode by leaving a review and don't forget to subscribe.